Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Don't say you never get anything for free. You can get a free 30-day trial of Love Film, the one-stop shop to rent films and games online simply by going to thefootballramble.com slash lovefilm. Films and games by post, or you can stream films on your PC, TV, PS3, and now on your iPad. To check the terms and conditions, find out more, and claim your free trial, go to thefootballramble.com slash lovefilm now. None of you have noticed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Football Ramble. Lovely to have your ears. We are back, and my name's Marcus, and I've got Luke with me. All right. And Jim. Hello. But Pete's not here. No, he's not. No, he's gone away. LA. He's, he's, is he? He's changed. Is that where he's gone? I don't know. Ruddy Nora. Ruddy Nora. He will be back at some point in well, the near future. Unless he gets a part in a film. Well, that's true. He will be back in the near future, so uh, don't you worry about that. But while he's away, we're going to sneakily ask this as the opening question. If you could pick any international team for Pete to play in, who would it be? Jim? Um, I would have him playing for Norway, because he's from Newcastle, and my geography's quite limited, but I'm pretty sure they're <laughs> fairly near to each other. Okay. So he, Not you know, Scotland? Not Scotland, no. No, no don't count them. Um, <laughs> Even you though know. he probably could get in the Scotland team based on last week. Yeah, Ooh. possibly. Ooh. It's a dig, Clean Scotland. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd have him play for Norway, because he'd fit right in there, I think. You know. What? Nor- well, he's just northern, isn't he? Yeah, it's quite, a very lazy answer. It is an incredibly lazy answer. They're all quite tall in Norway, quite big boys. Well, there'd be a novelty there then, wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. They'll, they'll love him. Yeah. So basically, yeah, they'll love his offbeat, sideways glance at the world. With no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, not really you a feature. You have a Londoner's geography. If you're listening to this show for the first time, not really a feature you're going to enjoy. <laughs> no. Well, it's not a question you're going to enjoy, is it? <laughs> to be fair. I mean, come on. I've got true. limited resources to uh, work with. Uh, oh, fair enough. Look, what have you got? I'm going to go for, and when I say that, you guys are going to think, agree with me. It's a no-brainer. Mm. It's Japan. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. That because makes it, complete sense. Because he loves gadgets. Yeah. Uh, he, he's into the sort of more, sort of, I suppose, surreal, sort of quirky side. Yeah. Um, he loves his football, as they all do. They'd really take to him. Yeah, he, they yeah, would. They, they'd love him. That was be my final point. They yeah. would love him as well. I don't know. Maybe they think he was a bit square. No. I don't think that's possible, is it? No, mm. no. In Japan, it is. Incidentally, I... Um, I was Imagine if Japan could enter Eurovision. Off topic, but I like to think that'd about That would be this. great. It'd be ama- just amazing. They should have a guest nation every year. Yeah, well, they have like, Israel and Kazakhstan and, that, and places, And that nation they? should be Japan. Exactly. Every Get, year. Sort it out. But I, was on, I was on the train with um, a lot of the Japanese uh, Paralympic support team right. on the way up here, and uh, they're all dressed in their, their tracksuits. Mizuno. I enjoy oh, that. Oh, yeah. nice. Lovely. Mm. Lovely to see. Lovely. Don't see enough of it anymore, Mizuno. No, I no. tell you what, the Ukrainian football tracksuits, incredible. Talk us through them then. Uh, <laughs> sky blue, but like a shell suit, sort of nylon-y cut sky blue. Yeah. Bits of yellow thrown in. Yeah. Bits of uh, a little bit of green on there. It just it was just a, an amalgamation. They got beaten in the seventh mm. final today by Russia. Yeah, yeah. If you are listening to the show for the first time, do keep listening because you'll get a lot more tips on how to be a smash with the ladies, such as that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've gone to Japan, strong answer. I, I was thinking of two teams. I thought Ghana, because he loves the pot man. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Really, yeah. oh, they could and have a proper little double act going there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Imagine or, the scrapes they get into. <laughs> him and the pot man. It'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. the, basically, every morning the pot man would basically go, what have you put in my pot this time? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I, I'm in it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I slept in it. Yeah, but that, that would like pot man and Pete. Yeah, it's good. Pete yeah. and pot man? I think that works better. Pete and pot man. Mm. I smell a... Sitcom. Uh, or Serbia, because of his haircut. He, looks Eastern, he, he does look Eastern European. You said Norway for no reason. <laughs> you're, not, you're exempt from this criticism. <laughs> I fudged a reason. You picked an arbitrary country. <laughs> I picked a northern country. Yeah. Uh, it's based like, more on Pete's personality than f- Serbia. 
No, the haircuts. He looks like he looks. The like hair. What well, they've got haircuts, and <laughs> Pete has a haircut. <laughs> this, look, no, but in Serbia they like to, to shave around the sides of the head. It's an incredibly racist thing to say. Have you ever been to, Ser- <laughs> have you, have you ever been to Serbia? Uh, I've been very close. <laughs> <laughs> this is the closest you've been talking about it. That's not true. I've been down there. I've been to Croatia. So oh, well, there you go. Near, then you're fully qualified right to be making these sweeping statements. And I've met some before, and they just exactly like Pete. So Luke's got the point. Of course, yeah, only yeah, just deserve it. Just deserve it. No, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I was the Usain Bolt of that question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. That's not often I say that. I'm not, I'm not the fastest mover. Oh, Ben Johnson trying to cheat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's established. We can finally move on to um, what we call the show. Uh, let's go to the internationals because it's international week. It's just been. And gone. And in Group 8, England won 5-0 away to the mighty Moldovia. Moldovia. Yeah. Apparently yeah. um, you uh, can buy a house in Moldova for £800. Mm. Should we get one? Tell, someone should tell Robbie Fowler. He'd snap them all <laughs> up. <laughs> Loads, yeah. um, uh, so, I mean... Uh, I know Moldova aren't the best of oppositions, but uh, it's a decent win for England, though. Well, yeah, it's good to have such a massive victory, isn't it? It's a confidence boost as much as anything else. I know there's a lot of criticism that Lampard and Gerrard played together, Mm. but, you know, still there's Tom Cleverley in there, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain got run out and stuff. You know, it's like... It's good. Obviously, you know they are mixing up the, the old with the new. And I mean, some of the the, the James Milner goal was ridiculous against the, <laughs> like any sort of decent opposition. You're not going to get that many chances to you know shirk Pass responsibility. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was pleased that Milner's finally got a goal for him. Yeah. I think he's. I mean, with the greatest respect to him, if England produced a lot of good quality players, he probably wouldn't be in the team. But. Mm. He's a hard worker. He puts himself around for. I remember him putting shifts in in the Euros. Yeah. Nice I, finish I, as well. Yeah, well, and it was a good finish. And I think he deserved it. He's better than what he was at the Euros. I mean, the, the way they set up at the Euros was very much zonal, as we say. They like to do. Hodgson likes to do that. And he came in and just thought, right, I've just got to stick to what I know. Well, best yeah, I mean, here. Milner's sole remit was run, run the line and cross the ball. You yeah, know? I mean, he obviously had a lot more freedom against Moldova. But there was a couple of things where you know. Um, John Terry gave the ball away quite sloppily uh, at one point. It's like, yeah, against a better team, you're going to get punished for that. Theo Walcott as well, with a really heavy touch that he managed oh, to win yeah. back because of a sort of frightened gazelle of a def- defender. You're not going to get those, yeah, but those how chances. Much, yeah, but how game. much do you reckon that is a concentration issue? They probably wouldn't make, in a weird paradoxical sort of way, they may mm. not make those mistakes because they'll be so switched on against better teams. I do wonder if if that's not actually the case, though, because we do see England making these mistakes in the big games. You know, yeah, it's it's something that's there. Yeah, no, I think so. no, I'm joking. No. <laughs> um, I, th- I think you know well, Moldova are awful. I mean, it, it, yeah, they <laughs> yeah. are. It's just, it's just it's just the way it is. But they're not the worst team in the group. And you can only beat what's put in front of you. And yeah, five nil win away from home against anyone is, is yeah. yeah, that's a job well done. Puts us in a great position straight away. Hmm. Lovely, jubbly. Was it nice to see Jaron Lampard back? No, <laughs> <laughs> playing very different roles though than what they, that they would try to. Um, I don't know. I've, I've, seen, I've do seen people on the. I've seen people get on the back, uh, get on people's back about that sort of thing. And uh, you know, it's. It is what it is. You've got players in the midfield who would probably start ahead of them, but they're injured, and people like um, yeah. like um, Wilshire, sorry, Wilshire. And, yeah, and, 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 and whatnot. So it's not ideal, but I mean, yeah. as Jim touched on a little bit a second ago, you've got to, um, yes, it's good to bring new players through, and, and I'm pleased that he's, bring, he's signing, he's, sorry, calling up younger players, but you can't just do all that in one go, otherwise yeah, you get a sort of sort of situation where everything's, yeah, everything gets changed around too quickly and people don't like it. Well, of course, yeah. at the time of recording, the Ukraine game hasn't been played, mm. but that's a far bigger test. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Do you know what not, not much has been said about it, but I think it's a tough group. I, you know, I mean, Montenegro caused us problems in, in the qualifying yeah. yep. Euros. Poland, we've seen what they can do in, in, mm. in, the, in the summer, and Ukraine. Mm. Okay, they were both unlucky not to get through their groups, really. Ukraine were decent against England in the Euros. Yep. Poland had a tough group and were unlucky. Yeah. Um, and um, that's three teams who can test us, especially away from home. Yeah. They're, they're, they're awkward trips away as well. Yeah. We've seen England struggle in games like that, where you had to really grind out a win. They really have got to do that. I mean, I think it's a good start to, to beat uh, one of the smaller teams in such an emphatic yeah. fashion, but... It's no, it's no. As, as you guys have both touched on, there's no, um, it's no room for sort of concentration issues and stuff like that. It's a statement. Well, Poland, Montenegro was, a, yeah, there's some decent goals in that game. Yeah, they Mon- uh, yeah, the Montenegro, the first goal was brilliant. Yeah. incredible team goal. Really, it was a handy, really good. It was a handy result for England, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that they, they've got players in the words of Bobby Robson that can hurt us, and, and, and <laughs> you've got to be aware of that. We saw we were at the Montenegro game at Wembley for the Euros, weren't we? Oh, uh, and it was, you know, it was, it was nil, one of those. Nil. Yeah, and I know we've got a different regime, different manager now, but it wasn't a great performance. And Montenegro showed they could cause us problems with Vucinic and um, Jovetic as well. They've got two absolute quality front men. Yeah, <laughs> this is worrying. I, I watched that. I was sat next to Pete that game, and it was nil nil, and England were awful. And in the last minute, Montenegro hit the bar. Yeah, from a th- like I think it was quite a speculative effort, or certainly from distance. 
And Pete just went, I wish that went in. <laughs> I was just like, why? And he went, oh, because it's just been amazing seeing their fans running across the pitch to their dugout. <laughs> is he, is he, that's off message. That is off yeah. message. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's representing Norway now, so he's got no yeah, exactly. in I thought I thought we decided he was representing Japan. Oh, yeah. Is that what happened? Either, yeah. They're both into whaling. That's what it is. <laughs> Pete loves whaling. Yeah, yeah he does. Um, well, speaking of whaling, I mean, you, you oh, sorry. Got, before you move on, though, one thing is oh, worth that was going to be a seamless link. Sorry, mate. Uh, one that, f- first time for everything. Uh, one of the things uh, you've got to point out is that Hodgson is still undefeated as, a, as an English manager. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously not accounting penalty shootouts, which I don't. Um, so he started off well, you know. Yes. Speaking of whaling, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to Group One where Wales. Oh, very nice. <laughs> you see, nice. Um, they were beaten two 0 by uh, Belgium, a very interesting young Belgium side. Because they've got the worst manager of all time. No, no Wales do. Yeah, no, not Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> not Wilmot, surely. No, no, no. You remember no. him? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, Wales were beaten. They were down to ten men for uh, a yeah, large partially. I thought the man who. Um, uh, Williams referred to as Ginge, I think, in the Did he? post-match. Yeah, I, I like. I sort yeah, of thought it was harsh to start with, but mm. I saw it a couple more times. It was completely off. needless. Mm. It was no a big threat. one. It was a big one, and he a load of aggression into it, and he didn't need to, and he sort of followed through. It could have really hurt the player. I don't think he can have any complaints. Yeah, it's 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 a good win for Belgium. Well, what a goal from Vertonghen! Oh, the yeah. free absolute it, just bullet, just incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely superb. Strike. A lot has been said about this young that killer squirrel. <laughs> Would it? Yeah, definitely. If a squirrel got hit with that, dead. Right. Who knows? Tonight, Just saying, that's the sort of power it had in it. Yeah, if he didn't see it's it. It's an odd animal to choose. I'd yeah. have maybe chosen an owl. <laughs> I don't talk about killing owls. Right, yeah, okay. a squirrel's weird, but an owl's not. Yeah. Well, it's more likely to be sort of perched around a goal, isn't it? Yeah, but it went really low. Uh, yeah, but move on from owls. <laughs> um, uh, You're always was, doing this. It was. Uh, you started with squirrels. Um, it was a good win for Belgium, but um, there's been a lot said on this young Belgian side, as I was saying uh, moments earlier. I mean, is this their time, golden generation, blah, blah, blah? Well, they've underachieved for a long, long time. They have a, I read something today saying that they had a similar sort of um, <coughs> population to Portugal, countries like that. And yeah, they, they've, they've been terrible for like for as long well, as I can remember. Since, since about the days of Enzo Schieffer. Yeah, even then, they weren't that good. Since about 90. 86, I got to the semis, didn't they? 90, they did it. They were decent. They had a good, good few, few players. I mean, they're bringing players through now. I think they've got, I mean, I've read today, they've got 140 million pounds worth of players in that squad in terms of transfer fees mm. Mm. that's big that's big yeah. you know and if they can get a good manager to sort of we've got an excellent together. spine on the side say, say again sorry we've got an excellent spine yeah well yeah. I'm caught twice I mean it's a highly rated young keeper they've got Mignolet as well haven't they yeah. well, he's also quite backs. young yeah obviously um, company yeah they've got a decent team and, and I think that you know Wales it might be a bit harsh on Wales um, saying that you know that, that they've got a, a they've got a poor manager they have they, I, I think they made the wrong and I know it's difficult circumstances because of what happened with Gary Speed but mm. It was crying out for for someone to come in to keep the regime as it was and try and get as much continuity as possible. Yeah. And I think Holman, I don't know really how he got the job other than being a sort of reasonably well-respected player for Wales. Uh, he's not really done anything. Wasn't it either him or John Hartson? Yeah, but mm. I would I wouldn't have I wouldn't have minded seeing someone who got to get the job. I mean, I know. But John Hartson. Well, no, I'm not saying him specifically, but maybe a player who's come towards the end of their career who can carry on the continuity. You know, who, uh, but those two things aren't necessarily, you know, th- th- um, going to marry up, though, are they? Cause, I mean, Gary Speed and, you know, A and other are not necessarily going to be able to do the same thing. And Coleman at least has experience. Yeah, he's, they've lost every game, though, Jim. Every single mm. game so far. You know, I know Belgium is a tough game, and they've got so they've got Scotland in their group, and then they're, they're, they're maybe realistically they're not looking at qualifying. I don't know, but they've not qualified for a tournament since 1958. You know, it's, mm. uh, but it's a small country, of course, of course. But I, I, I just think they could have. The talent they've got, and I realise Bellamy Allen and Nick Taylor, I think, was out mm. this game. Uh, so they have missed a, a few key players there. They still should be doing better, I think. Uh, and under Coleman, I don't think they're going to improve. I genuinely don't. Uh, I, I, I cannot disagree with that. <laughs> but, well, uh, Belgium haven't qualified for a tournament since 2002, I don't think. Mm. That's right. So yeah, they, I mean, well, they'd be looking at. Um, they've got. A, they've got definitely got a winnable group this time round. Mm. Hazard looked pretty special again. Oh, he's, de- he's so decent. So yeah, he's, decent. he's absolute class. But with Serbia and Croatia in there, I mean, it's. It's a tricky one. That know, is a tough group. It is a very tough group. Scotland drew nil-nil with with Serbia, and the Scots. Um, there was a lot of criticism coming for them. I don't think. I mean, nil-nil. I, I know you, it, it's one of those groups where you've got to win your home games, 
But but Serbia are a better side than Scotland, surely. Yeah, but I think you know, f- from a Scottish point of view, it's got to be frustration at the fact that they've been nearly men so many times. They've got to they they tend to start quite slowly, then build a bit of momentum, look like they're going to qualify, and just cock it up in the last couple of games. And the pattern started again, where they've had a sort of kind of quite mediocre start, I suppose. And you know, it, it'd be maddening over and over again to see that yeah. happen. I just think there's such a negative. Um aura around that squad and amongst the sort of Scottish Scottish supporting public I mean you got as you just said you've got to win your home games right? so that's one thing off the top Serbia have got their own problems they're not amazing they've got some good players mm. they're not brilliant you know, mm. they're not a brilliant team they're not standout favourites in that, in that group you know, Croatia are decent Belgium are decent Croatia are probably favourites but Scotland have got to uh, I mean if they're not going to qualify I mean, let's be honest you know, with the greatest respect to Scotland if they don't qualify for a major tournament, it's not the end of the world. No. I mean, they'd like to be there, you know, they've got a chance to be there usually, but more often than not, they don't qualify. So it's not the end of the world. So in that to- by, on that, by that token, given they've got some good forward players, right, just try. Just just set yourselves up at home to win games. Yeah, absolutely. If you, get, if you get undone 3-0, okay, it's disappointing, but it's not the end of the world because you give it a go. And the way Levine sets his teams up, yeah. is, 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 is not only will he set his team up with... No, remember mm. against Czech Republic a few couple of years ago? Set his team up with no strikers. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, that was the famous example. Yeah. It's, it's like his personality transfused onto the team. It's very, very dour, very sort of standoffish. And at the end of the game, he'll sit down there in the press conference and say, oh, it's not the end of the world with Drew Nill. Well, it is the end of the world when you've got... No, Jordan Rhodes, who, who admittedly, okay, they're in, it's in League One, but he's got about 90 goals the last three seasons. Well, can't get a look in. So it's not the end of the world if they don't qualify, but it's the end of the world if they don't try. If they don't give it a go. Mm. Yeah, you should definitely set up with, with striker. I mean, Kenny Miller's playing for the Vancouver fucking Whitecaps. <laughs> you know, he's not scoring international golf for a year. Whoa, 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 Peter Beasley played for them, didn't he not? Yeah, yeah not in the prime of his career, though. <laughs> <laughs> his whole I mean? career was a prime of his career, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah exactly. Look about and Levine's falling out with Fletcher. Now, there's different reasons to blame different people in that situation, mm. but it, that's, he's probably their stand-up striker. He's, he's managed to fall out with him Oi. you've got to play players like Rose you've got to yeah I think what they need is to bring a certain Craigie Brune back yeah get him back mm. hey. there'll be no nothing nothing results with Brown away from in Croatia there would be see Brown was great Brown could go and get a result in Croatia yeah. he could get a draw you know. I, I just don't know what Kenny Miller's bringing to the party. He had, he had a decent season at Rangers a couple of years ago, and before that, his only other good seasons have been at Wolves. And that was like 2003. You know, get, get some young players in oh, there. Well, they had some momentum under McLeish as well, and then it, obviously he left, didn't he? I don't know. I, th- I think Miller, you know, Scotland are always going to play with one forward, especially away from home. And. Well, maybe not at home, as you say, if they set up differently. But I, th- I think he leads the line okay. It's just, but they've been trying the same thing for a very long time, yielding the same results. You know, mm-hmm. they've, they've they've got to mix it up. Miller's yeah. record, whatever way you look at it, and even if you don't want to take the sort of club level point, Miller's goal scoring record for Scotland is poor. It's poor. If you compare it to someone of, 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 a, of a smaller nation, or even an equivalent nation, someone like a David Healy or a Robbie Keane, you know, oh, it, Robbie Keane. That's yeah, but, but what I'm saying is he's still playing for a team who aren't that great. Yeah. But I think Kenny Miller's record is about 15 goals in about 60 games. It's not amazing. Mm. You know, and they play and they play games they should be looking at winning in, in group stages mm. against minnows. You know, and Scotland are on that level just above minnows. So if you want, all, all I'm trying to sort of say in a very roundabout sort of verbose way is that. If you don't set yourself up to win your home games, what's the point? You might yeah, as well not yeah. even be there. You might as well just not bother doing well, well, it. Hamden, you're accepting that you're making up the numbers. Yeah. Really. Hamden was a bit of a fortress not that long ago when they were in when they were pit by Italy, mm. uh, who beat them two one in the final game in the Group Four qualification for 2008. Was it? I think. And I can remember them going to France and getting something. They, getting well, they won. They yeah. won. I mean, that was just the epitome of a smash and grab. But when they were in that group, and it was only a few years ago, every home game. They would be like, right, here we are. You're coming to Hamden, and, and we're going to have you. Yeah, I think they beat Ukraine three-one in one game. You know, there was there, there was they were brilliant. I mean, McFadden was one of their main men then. But when Italy turned up, you know, Scotland needed a, a result, and they nearly got it. It was only a last-minute goal. Italy won-two-one, and so they can they they have it, not that long ago. Hamden was a fortress, and they need to make it so again. Oh, and traditionally, they've got a rich history of producing great players. You know, there's no reason they can't have a traditional. Fortress of a home stadium, as you say, mm. and make it a, d- a tough place to go and play. No one like people aren't going to want to go to Hamden when there's thousands, tens of thousands of, of you know really patriotic Scots cheering yeah. everything with you know. Jimmy wigs on, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> doing the doing the BT. You know. yeah. um, it, I, I was just disappointed for Scotland because I've got a few Scottish mates. Part of my family is Scottish, and so they should at least give it a go. Are you, mm. are you saying that for so nobody to no, save the Twitter comments? I, I, want, I want them to. I want them to do well. I want, I want them to, to do well. Yeah. You know, no, no, no. we do take the piss out of Scotland quite a lot, but it's very much light-hearted. You know? Yeah. 
It, I just don't. I just. I just. Men in Jimmy Wigs sit down. <laughs> As a man who supported a club who in the past have, have set up in this way, yeah. they just set up to not lose football games. Mm. It's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Just be have, more adventurous. Have a go. Have a go. And Croatia beat Macedonia at one nil. So um, that, gr- is, that I think that is a really intriguing group, and, and mm. all eyes on there. Let's um, zoom over to Group Six, where Russia beat Northern Ireland two nil. I mean, it's in Russia. It's not a surprising result. How do no. you see Northern Ireland doing in this qualification group? I think it'll be the same old story again. You know, they're just they're just not strong enough, are they? They're not going to compete with a team like Russia, especially away. You know, mm-hmm. but obviously that's not where they're looking at picking up points. They've got to look at the you know the other teams in their group. You have got to accept a couple of losses there. Russia mm-hmm. are a good team. You know, I mean, England have been to Russia recently. I mean, what three or four years ago, and it's really really struggled big to fab- qualify. Big Fabio Capello in charge. Mm. Yeah. That just seems weird, doesn't it? Mm. I keep forgetting about that because yeah, it I seems know so mean. incongruous. Did you see? I mean, I mean, when you uh, did you see Roy Carroll um, when the, when um, Russia scored their second goal, which is a penalty, mm. um, the, the whole the pitch started coming up. Yeah, what was that? Basically, it's basically, it was. A, it looked to me, I couldn't, I couldn't understand the commentary because I watched it on the feed, um, <laughs> but it looked like that um, the turf was just. It had been uh, might have been recently laid, mm. and, and massive lengths of turf were coming up. Yeah, and Roy Carroll's picking up and showing the ref, going, "What do you want me to do with this?" You know, and he's got a point. Because, <laughs> he's like, put it back right, because he's you know he's, he's a below average keeper, and he's all the help he can get. But when they're having, a, when they're taking a penalty, and between the penalty spot and the goal, there's like a bumps when the turf's come up. It's the last thing you want as a goalkeeper. You know, you want to at least be flat. You know, he should have set it up though, so yeah. that he, he could have had a few. Just built a barrier, in there. yeah, <laughs> like a sandcastle of grass. So the penalty taker hit it, and it'll fly over the bar. Yeah, you know. He didn't, he didn't think of that. Yeah, no. well, he, well, he, as you said, a below-average keeper. Yeah. But they were well, they were well beaten, and, and, and as Jim said, it's not it's not a yeah. huge surprise. They're, they're just looking to pick up as many points as possible. That's almost a practice game, isn't it? It's just seeing seeing what they can get against a much be- better side, see what they can learn from it to take into the games against the smaller sides. They, under, under Sanchez, they were decent, weren't they? They're were okay. He did mm. a really course, good yeah. job there. They, they beat England um, the day with Healy goal. They, they beat they? Spain. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. No, they, they've, 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 I mean, they've turned. Oh, Raul's last game for Spain now. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's it. They've retired Raul, didn't they, from the national? Side. I mean, yeah, we, we've talked about Northern Ireland in the past, of course. I mean, it would be great to see them again to, yeah. to, to do something. But as you say, an away trip to Russia for m- the vast majority of teams, you know, very difficult indeed. Yeah. Well, let's go to Group Three, where the Republic of Ireland um, had a last-minute winner from uh, Doyle in the Kazakhstan. They were one 0 down, and then uh, uh, Robbie Keane scored a penalty to level yeah. it up with just a couple of minutes left. And then Doyle with a lovely close range of volley mm. to win it two one for the Irish. I didn't see the game, but I take it Trevor Tony set up with like sixteen defenders. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, t- a tricky tie. This one, <laughs> come yeah. on! I could, it, was, it was hilarious. Though. A real sort of couple of goals in the last few minutes, and uh, and, and away. What, they were go you, what were you worried about? Yeah, that's what, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The Kazakhstan, you're talking of difficult away trips. That uh, that's the kind of trip where you need to get like three flights and a boat ride to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and and you know if you to get a point there would be would be poor I think mm. pre- pre- I think they're better side actually than people give them credit for Kazakhstan oh. I don't think they're dreadful they're not um they're it's not, not that uh, bad to get there these days is it Almaty's not a, a difficult place to get to is it I just, I just remember when England went there when we won imagine it's just a long flight your hotel's a yurt you know it's going to be. <laughs> I judge everything I know about Kazakhstan very, from Borat. It's so. been very geography heavy and bad geography as <laughs> yeah. well this week. Yeah. Bad geography is a very nice term for racism. Yeah. yeah. Or xenophobia, rather. Yeah. That's some bad geography there. <laughs> but it was a good win, though. What was it, a good win? It's a, win. a win's a win's a win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You've gone away to Kazakhstan, the boys have won. Yeah. Well done, Ireland. Stick, stick the three points in your pocket and never think of it again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's never speak. I, I like to think Travatoni on the coach on the way back. Let's never speak of this again. <laughs> yeah. Well done, boys. Three points. Yeah. Are we yeah. going to talk about the performance? No. no. Yeah. Is, is there a DVD? I could definitely not. They all needed that post-match shower <laughs> yeah. to cleanse themselves. We're going to watch Gladiator and then go home. <laughs> um, <laughs> Germany beat the Faroe Islands three nil. Am I the only mm. one who just sort of went? Mm, yeah, they should three? surely have just murdered them. Yeah. yeah I don't Normally they went about sort of thirty three or something. Don't I they? don't think they were taxing themselves, Marcus. This is the time. <laughs> this is the time probably to bring in this question that's raised its head again and um, that we've talked about. Well, we answered it at the start quite a lot. No, about not that Pete. one. No, no, sorry. Not, not the big question. Okay. <laughs> and this is a supplementary question. Okay. Um, we've talked about this quite a lot in the past, it's distant past, and it's raised its head again. I read it in a couple of papers uh, today. Yes. About this notion of a pre qualifying group. So. Mm. And I'm actually all for it. I think you mm. know if you if you have a cut-off point, a sort of arbitrary cut-off point at the world ranking level, yes. and you have a pre-qualifying group for the smaller nations, mm. 
I think it's got a lot of benefits because they actually get to play games where they've got a chance of winning. Yep. They get a lot of confidence from that. Um, the, the, the fans get to see their team actually doing something. But, and, and also, there's there's a bit of celebration there because at no point will those fans celebrate unless they, they score a goal. Mm. But if, if you finish top of that group, you know, the likes of San Marino, Andorra, Faroe Islands, Luxembourg, whoever Scotland. in there. Yeah. Easy. Come on. <laughs> just, it's just a little bit of banter. Well, it's terrible banter oh yeah um, uh, <laughs> um oh. yeah those kind of um teams um <laughs> uh you know if, if you win that group it's an achievement and then you're yeah. in with the big boys you know and I, absolutely a bit of momentum the only problem is for those sides i mean you know where do you put that in the calendar you know yeah but i don't imagine they're going to have an awful lot of players who are going to be playing at big clubs anyway so yeah. it's, it's not, I, I don't want to demean the sort of lower the sort of league standard of these Nations, but the, the fact of the matter is, they want to contribute at international level, which yeah. I presume they do. It's not helping anyone for Sam Maria mm. to go to Holland and lose twelve nil. Yeah. No, no one gets anything out of that. No. You know, it, it, at, the, at the highest, at the very sort of highest level, it just completely skews stats and all this sort of stuff. It's a waste of time for everyone. Mm. You know, you got players, and I, yeah, I'm a big fan of international football. We know that international football's fallen a little bit behind of club football in terms of importance, but you know. I, I side with the clubs on this side. You know, if, if someone like Spurs have got a run in and mm. they lose, Va- I mean, I know he's left now, but they lose Van der Vaart because he's got to go and play against San Marino. It's a bit, it's a bit yeah. rich, really, isn't it? Well, yeah. I, where, I suppose the issue is where do you make that cut-off point? Do you do it on rankings or do you do it on you know previous I I would, record? I think I'll do it on world rankings. And I think one of the downsides to that though would be that they're not going to pick up ranking points because they're going to be playing other poor yeah. nations. So it'll be tough for them. But I just think it's got to be done. It's a waste of everyone's time, mm. you know, to, to go away to, to 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 Moldova. With the greatest respect to Moldova, you know, it's a waste of time to go there. Mm. They get spanked five 0 at home. No one gets anything out of it. The only the only people who get anything out of it are the fans who get to see some England players playing. You know, it sounds horrendously arrogant to say but that. I, but that's but I bet the tickets are well priced as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is yeah. the thing. Yeah, I think that would be quite a nice little um, interesting group if you did have some of those teams. You know. Mm. Sky Sports Stick Arsenal in there yeah. <laughs> Famous international That is <laughs> That is terrible Bantelou Come on yeah, yeah. You've uh, let yourself down Let's there. move away from Europe yeah. Straight away To South America mm. Where yes. they've uh, Been qualifying away And uh, Colombia Beat Uruguay 4-0 I think Uruguay Were 18 matches Unbeaten Something like that And, uh, and Colombia hammered them Oh Barranquilla Tough place to go Isn't it yeah. Especially in that humidity The yeah. eternal mm. summer of Colombia Yeah um, it would be great to see Colombia qualify. I would love it. We haven't seen them since '98, but more importantly, we haven't seen the Birdman no. since '98. The Colombian God, it'll, it'll be sagging now. <laughs> I think, do you think the age of him no, will no, be no, represented in the costume? Few, <laughs> few, few more grey feathers in there, a bit yeah. paunchy. No, no, no. I reckon it's like the Phantom, right? It's like there's loads of them. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get blooded in. I'll know. give you three reasons. Come on. You've already given one the Birdman, <laughs> two Falcao. Yeah. yeah. He mean, needs to play at a world uh, national. Say, say the third. Big Carlos Valderrama. Yes. Yeah. Get him in there. In some sort of ambassador role. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Higuita was saying he wants to be the coach one day. Get, imagine him as a goalkeeper yeah. coach. Yeah. But with Peckerman, though. Argentine Peckerman. Yeah. Like Jose Peckerman. It's an excellent result for him. It really is. Mm. Fantastic. It's Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Emphatic win. Yeah, yeah, 4 0 over Uruguay. Yeah. Uruguay have been Copper America champions, you know. Um, and Argentina beat Paraguay 3 1. Uh, See, what I love about this is it, was it Fernando Gago that's come out and said, oh, we're too reliant on Messi? And yeah. obviously, up until fairly recently, it's like, oh, Messi doesn't produce for the national team. Yeah, Messi's just been like, right, come on then. <laughs> I'll show you what I've got. He's oh, got a great free kick as well. It was a superb free kick. And Argentina are running away with that group, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, well, you, you thought, because, of course, Brazil aren't there. Mm. Um, because they are the hosts. But uh, Argentina. Which, weirdly, I think we'll put them out of. Perhaps at an initial disadvantage because they're not going to play any competitive football. Well, you've got this this issue about the defending champions always used to qualify automatically, and everyone yeah. agreed that that wasn't a good thing because they didn't get to play any games. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I think that might have been one of the things that um, potentially undid Poland and Ukraine. Mm. I mean, obviously Brazil have to, you, you know, they they can't you know have to qualify. That would be stupid. But it, you know, it is a unique. Well, they've got their own problems, Brazil. You know, you don't know if Menezes are going to be there much longer, and they don't know who's going to replace. Well, Romario's him. got any saying? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I just don't think well, Menezes is obviously not that popular. He's, they're not doing that well. He, he was he was tasked with bringing them home the Olympic title. They've not done that. No. There's, there's lots of issues around that side as well. So yeah, I, I don't think realistically they're not going, they're going to be anything other than sort of contenders. Well, but but. It, it is quite funny though with with some of their big players. You know, everyone thought a few years ago, oh. 
Ronaldinho, blah blah blah. Well, he looks as though he's, he's away with the fairies now. But even the likes of Kaká, mm. you know, is, is he going to be around for it? Got, I would, no, I wouldn't think so. They've no? got some players, haven't they? They've got some players. No, they have got some decent players. But, but how big would it be for Argentina to win it in Brazil, though? That'd be huge. Hey, hey, for, for, for Messi Bennett. as well. For Messi to get yeah. that yeah. Uh, that title, everyone would just. Surely oh, he'd be, he goes down as arguably the greatest ever. People are saying that anyway, but that's the one thing hanging over him. He's like, oh, he hasn't won a World Cup yet. Yeah. Oh, I really want that to happen. Yeah, I, I know. Um, I know Maradona's fallen out um, with everybody. Yeah, with the, with the species. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the, the Argentine FA and blah 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 blah. But surely, like he in Brazil, <laughs> giving it some to Pele. Brazil Argentina final. Well, mm. no, we want England doing it, but yeah. let's be realistic for a second. Brazil Argentina final. Uh, Those two boxing at half time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be amazing. It would be amazing. Yeah. Absolute class. Argentina had a good result, and they, they won fairly easily, didn't they? Yeah, they're, they're looking good. They're looking good. I, I think you know, realistically, if you've got, a, I know it's a couple of years away this World Cup, which means these players are going to mature even more. I mean, mm. You've got a front line of people like Di Maria, Aguero, Tevez, Messi. Higuain it's unbelievable yeah it's just unbelievable and you mm. and you and you want England I, to do well and you can see I would suggest that Argentina have the best selection of forwards yeah. in international football oh it definitely but yeah. we've, just, we've said this about Argentina before and they've not delivered but then they made the boneheaded move of putting Diego Maradona in charge so yeah. you know it's, it'd be good to see this side of another crack at it yeah under Sabaya he's got them playing well I, I would mm. trade in every single England forward in the squad for one pick out of the hat <laughs> yeah. <and> Def- <laughs> definitely yeah. Any, yeah. Any. Oh things. damn! I've only got Tevez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Palermo's come out of time. Yeah, yeah. Still take him. Yeah. Tevez. You get the end of the cross. Let's just name them and then salivate. Yeah. Tevez. Yeah. Aguero. Yeah. Higuain. Mm. Levetsi. Mm. Messi. Mm. Yeah. Di Maria. Yeah. Just, am I forgetting anyone? Raquel may not bother. Raquel. <laughs> <laughs> they're not involved with Raquel anymore. Um, I'm sure there are a few, but it's just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Desanto. No. Yeah, what Pastore? Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know he plays just behind but he's very much an attacking player yeah. Yeah. No, I don't rate him <laughs> do not <laughs> Gordon Bennett um, over the weekend I found out um, what the uh, the South American word is for wags oh ok botineras if you ever wonder you what he's up to there? I am now. A lot, <laughs> of, a lot of listeners would probably struggle to picture you researching and a lot of stuff you're sort of looking at. Maybe tirelessly going through goals from like no, no, Spanish no, no. second division games. Well, I started with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was in the middle of the sheet. And I Picked a couple it. of pop ups. <laughs> yeah. In the top left hand corner, we had England and Moldova. Yeah. Um, it wasn't in, in said and done, I saw that uh, the um, there was a club in Paraguay. Their president uh, said he's um, he's had enough of these botineras. I like we mentioned Paraguay, and I thought, well, here we go. And the botinera is the word. There's a Spanish word for wag, is it? Botinera, yeah. yeah okay, is, right. is, is, the, is the well, I say Spanish. I think it's uh, more of a Latin American term. Okay, right. But uh, but but it is Spanish, of course. And he said he's, he's worried about this, you know. And he's saying to his young players, "This is serious. These botineras lurk outside, sapping my boys' focus." I see euphemism. Will you come? I'm so focused. <laughs> hey, lady, come and sap my focus later. Um, I pay my players for their footballing ability. Not their erotic capacity. <laughs> <laughs> and the striker of um, this particular Paraguayan side said, This news has made us sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great uh, stuff. Oh, a very unfocused young man, no mm. doubt. Right, well, um, that's a kind of the international roundup over there. Let's go Sorry back. Sorry about to, the geography. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about the bad geography. <laughs> Let's go back to club football. Um, and Richard Scudamore has had a meeting with the clubs of the Premier League talking about salary caps and financial fair play. Mm. That must have been a short meeting. But uh, what, what do you think of a, of a salary cap in, in the Premier League? Well, is it legal? Because this actually's, issue's come up quite a lot, and I'm not sure you can actually impose that under um, EU law. So and meanwhile, like, turkeys didn't vote for Christmas again, <laughs> yeah. for, for another year. Well, Arsenal and Manchester United have said they, they want it. Um, but <laughs> Basically, some, the but clubs haven't got any money. That's right. Want it. Well, no, but City and a, lot of, a, lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people are saying basically that, but because Manchester United and Arsenal turn a hell of a lot of profit in terms of shirt sales and so stadium sales. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so it's, it, look, it looks quite noble, but yeah. it, it isn't necessarily where, obviously, you know, City and Chelsea and hmm. clubs are, they want it. I mean, it's... it's but the, but the thing is, There's though, no way around it. The it's thing is, with the idea of a salary cap, there are th- so many ways uh, around that. You say, well, he's earning, say, eighty grand a week. 
but they've paid for his house they've paid for this they've yeah. paid for that it's just well, the, 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 the issue is that it's um, there's about to be a lot more money coming in isn't there because yeah. of the renewed TV That's deal right, so yeah. the clubs are worried that it's all going to get soaked up by wages I forget which chairman it, chairman it was he said that it's gonna, we're going to have the same players to pick from paying them more isn't going to make them better and, and that makes no, perfect sense so I really hope we don't see that spike I mean the, some of the percentages on the on the um, uh, of the club's turnovers that they're, they're spending on wages is ridiculous it's like I think it might have been Wigan that was 70% of their turnover QPR's 180% or something at the moment QPR yeah the Man City Chelsea thing is a bit of a red herring anyway because I'm pretty sure they only need 14 out of the 20 chairmen to agree on it yeah so if as long as 14 votes but there's a lot of clubs that you know have you know rich owners and they're, they're going to be aiming to get to a point where they can sugar daddy their club surely so voting against that surely but it's, it's, the, it's a large point not that surely it's going to be a case of if they do it in the Premier League the players just move overseas yeah so whenever I've been asked but will about they though there's not that much money knocking around elsewhere well, it depends how high the cap's set yeah I'm, I'm sure they'll still earn a healthy well, you've, got, you've got a realistic chance of, 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 of places like um, Russia and, and China becoming mm. a lot more prevalent for for big players to yeah, go yeah. to I've, whenever I've been asked about it before about salary caps and stuff I've always thought it only many people ask well, that South America as well by the way they've, yeah. they've got a lot of money knocking yeah. about Brazil. now so well Clarence Sadel's got most of it yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah British players aren't going to go there well, that'd be amazing, though. Well, I mean, you'd be surprised how, how... I mean, look what happened with a lot of English players when um, the, the English clubs had the um, European club ban. Mm. They yeah. couldn't play in European competition. A lot, a bit of the allotment to Scotland, but people went overseas then. You know, you've got to look at it as, a, as almost like a worldwide thing. The game's a global game now, so it needs to be extended worldwide. And that's so difficult. I mean, mm. even, just, even just to extend it Europe-wide would be, would be tough. But, I mean, as you just sort of alluded to... Like some clubs in Spain. I mean, you've got clubs in in the Segunda division in Spain. Mm. They've not played their paid their players for months and months. Yeah. It's getting to the point now. A lot of them are going to breach contract and just be available for free because they, because it's so because the economy is so bad. So, in a way, you are right in the sense that maybe the Premier League is the best place for them to be because it's got so much money washing around it. But if if they um, if they impose a salary cap, it almost means they cut their own throat because it's, mm. the, the league becomes not as marketable because there's not as many big players there. It almost si- si- yep. signals a downward spiral of their product. So it's a bit of a, more of a difficult issue than that. Taking away from that uh, that issue that we all know will be uh, you know an elephant in the room. Do you think maybe the Premier League needs it though? Because it's be- becoming bloated, isn't it? It's becoming quite it obscene is, yeah. when you look at the way teams are just throwing cash, mm. uh, to, to cash around to get the best players. And you know, you, we're in a cycle where English teams are doing very, very well in Europe. That will come to an end at some point. This could be the thing that makes that happen. But do you think maybe we do do need it to sort of freshen it up and make it so less? Good? It's, it's well, becoming it, vaguely grotesque. It, it is, and I think. But if, if uh, uh, Platini's um, fair play rules when they come in, the clubs are going to have to save somewhere. I don't think. Any, I don't think. I don't think there's plenty of clubs you aren't really taking that seriously. No, no I think, that I think that's there'd right, be a lot of loopholes. It just, it just depends what UEFA do and if they really put that into place. It's going to be a real test for UEFA because the first big clubs to breach it because I mean, there'll be some of them that just don't make the cut-off point. Of course. Mm. Well, it will be and it will be... It'll, it'll be challenged, won't it? It'll be UEFA versus the big clubs and who has mm. who has the, mo- the more power? Well, well, on say. paper, UEFA, well, it'll be an interesting battle. The only way UEFA are better punish them is by kicking them out of competition and again, they're cutting their own throats. Are UEFA in a couple of years' time, really going to kick out Manchester City, Barcelona, mm. Real Madrid, mm. from a, 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 Milan, from the Champions League? Portsmouth, potentially. Well, I did say in a few years, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There's no way Portsmouth are going to be living within their means by then. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Portsmouth haven't lived within their means, they didn't even make it to the Champions League. <laughs> Poor old Pompey. They did win 3-0 though, didn't they? What a game. game away, away from home. Game of the weekend. Mm. One, genuinely one of the worst refereeing performances I've ever seen yeah. at any level beat Crawley Town though and you ate them that must have been a sort of nice silver lining I can't we all ate them don't we come on <laughs> I don't creepy Crawley <laughs> oh, you boys are too scared to say what you think <laughs> <laughs> I just want to coax it out of you <laughs> I, I, th- I think that <laughs> direct your comments one to, thing uh, I have to say <laughs> about Crawley is I'm pretty sure their two central midfield players made four fouls and got four yellow cards <laughs> 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 it was outrageous. I mean, the, the, the um, whole background he got sent off. It was arguable that he should have gone. But he did the referee, the classic refereeing thing, which we've all seen before. Uh, he got his cards out early. Oh, First right, challenge, yeah. yellow. Silly. Yeah, and, then, and, then, and then there's nothing he could do. Very, about very it, yeah. silly. Very, very silly. Well, uh, back in the Premier League, Michael Owen is signed for a team, mm. and it's Stoke City. And he's going to be teaming up with Peter Crouch again. Oh, knockdown central. Um, Peter I got Crouch. in trouble for saying they could be a new Quinn and Phillips. Did you? Apparently that was disrespectful. What? Yeah. It's massively disrespectful. Yeah, sorry. And if you don't understand why, then 
then you're probably a normal bloke. Um, uh, if uh, Peter Crouch said, if Michael stays fit, he will score. If he's playing regularly for Stoke and scoring the Premier League, I don't see why he can't force his way into the England setup. Jim. <sighs> yep. Um, uh, <laughs> so, but it is good to see Michael Owen. Um, employed. Uh, I just wish he'd play. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it, isn't he? Because, because you, like, there's always something. Oh, he's not quite fit, or you know, the manager just seems to have lost faith in him. As was the case with Ferguson. You know, it just he, I want to see him starting every game yeah, where possible. He's got to be getting in ahead of Cameron Jerome. If yeah. he's not, he's over. I'd he's love it. I'd love a couple of a couple of good years left in Owen. I want his career to end with some credibility. Yeah. I don't want this damp squib to happen because he was fantastic back in the day. Yeah. He really was, and and, and uh, it's one of those unfortunate. Like thirty-two as well. Exactly, yeah. and and people have forgotten that, and it, and it is and it is a shame. Uh, in Manchester, Mykon has moved to Man City. Mika Richards is that? Yeah, the I did not see that one coming. Yeah, but I mean, Mykon's you know his best days are behind him. That's a strange one. Perhaps he's actually going there as backup for Richards. Well, yeah, he's named after Michael Douglas. Mm. So on the so basis of that, he's worth signing. Get on that. Yeah, um, indeed. Greed is good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let's go down a few divisions. Um, where uh, Harry Redknapp, he's back in football mm. in an advisory role at one of his old clubs. Yeah, uh, win. Bournemouth. <laughs> That's how he started off at Portsmouth as an advisory. Is role. that right? He was a director of football. Yeah, and then he became manager. Yeah. Isn't that an advisory role? They won the FA Cup, and that's where the story ends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if there was a film made of Paul, yeah, that'd be it in Hollywood. That's it. Yeah, Yeah. the last shot would be a Guy Ritchie movie. (laughs) (laughs) The last shot would be of of Cardu with that King Cardu cap on, holding the cup, and it's still and credits. Yeah. (laughs) Oh dear. Well, who would play Harry? Oh. Bigley and Neeson, maybe? Ray maybe. Win- Ray Winston. Ray Winston. Ray Winston. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the bloke that played Bricktop in Snatch. Oh, yeah. If he's a bit old, no. No, no, he's... he's t- no, I don't think so. It'd be Ray Winston, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, You're not happy with that, Jim? No, I don't think it's a good casting. Why? Because Ray Winston's quite good. He's too on, big, isn't he? He's, he's, Winston, too, he's too burly. Winston's good on camera. You, can, like, re- <laughs> you can rest safe in the knowledge that it will never happen. <laughs> it will simply never happen. Listeners. Um, It'll be funded if, by Sky Sports News. Yeah, let's, get, yeah. let's get the listeners involved. <laughs> Tweet us or email us. Who would you like to see in the cast of Pompey the Movie directed by Guy Ritchie? Yeah. So Cheers. get on that. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to that. Direct it all to Luke. Mm. <laughs> um, right, look, we spoke about Joey Barton uh, last week, obviously meant to Marseille, but unfortunately for Joey, um, he's going to have to serve the remainder of his 12-match Just get on with it, Joey. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. It's not unfortunate, is it? Unfortunately for Joey, he's going to have to pay the time <laughs> yeah. for a horrendous crime. <laughs> Has he not learned that actions have consequences by now? You can't run away from a ban from something. It's a oh, concept. what a sweet, <laughs> yeah. sweet hooligan. Yeah. Um, he yeah. can play in the Europa League. Because mm. <laughs> nobody cares about so, the Europa ah. League. <laughs> Do they not? Um, so, uh, poor old Joey. Just a little update on him there, in case you um, hadn't seen it. One of the other stories last week we spoke about, in Spain was Cristiano Ronaldo. He's um, a little bit unhappy at the moment. Well, apparently, we found out what he's bothered by. Yeah, this was confusing <laughs> This is unbelievable. Because confu- it seemed to say, the, the story I read anyway, seemed to say that He's annoyed because he doesn't seem to be universally loved by Real Madrid fans, mm. but at the same time, he's fed up of getting mobbed by Real Madrid fans. Yes. Mm. So what? Which is it? Um, is that an angry mob? Yeah, I would reckon so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, there's loads. No, of no, it's not. It's, I know what you mean. It, uh, apparently, he can't go to his favourite restaurant anymore. Yes, he, he has, to, has to get it. To, um, but there was also loads of stuff saying he so didn't feel the club was supporting him in terms of you know like really backing him to win the Ballon d'Or over players like Messi and Iniesta. I mean, we, we spoke about this last week and said that, that it's a ridiculous notion that he'd be worried about things like that. But reports are now coming out saying that that is the case. But it's Real Madrid, so you take everything that comes out of there with a pinch of salt. But yeah. I mean, what How what can the they do yeah. exactly? Yeah. What, they can't make them you know decide it's Ronaldo. A few backhanders, maybe. <laughs> Allegedly, we can pay for that. I said maybe. That doesn't definitely maybe. He earns something like twenty-one grand a day, doesn't he? Apparently, he earns earns a day uh, what the average wage for a Spaniard in in a year is. That's right. And the article also said this. Why don't they love the man? Because he doesn't love himself, Mm. or maybe not sure about that. Well, according to Wayne Rooney's book, he said, uh, "In the time I've been playing with Ronnie, uh, I don't like that." No, Ronnie. It's, it's not easier a, for him to spell. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the one thing I've noticed about him is he can't walk past his reflection without admiring it, um, even if we're about to play a game of football. If there's one person with a bigger self-belief than Ronaldo, I haven't met him yet. Be a nice problem to have, wouldn't it, Wayne? Zlatan? Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah, we might not have met him yet. Might oh, yeah, he's, he's met Zlatan. He's probably against him. Well, Zlatan, Zlatan's got a bigger self-belief than anyone. Absolutely. Well, we've got a bit of uh, Even Zlatan, Zlatan, Zlatan news. Um, he was... Because uh, he's been compared to Cristiano Ronaldo, hasn't he, recently? By, I love um, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I say compared. There's been comparisons drawn on his uh, lack of goal celebrations mm. with PSG. And he said, I see you. you. Now you're trying to compare me to someone else. You cannot compare myself to him. Zlatan said, <laughs> um, and the big Swede's been honoured by local authorities in Malmo's hometown, where um, that he is at the, with the Swedish national side currently, and he's been given a place on the Walk of Fame outside the Malmo Stadium. And he said, "We usually say that you cannot become a legend before death, but I am a living legend, <laughs> at least in Malmo." I like that though. There's yeah. a little, yeah, oh yeah, it's really humble, isn't <laughs> no, it? It's Zlatan, though. No, no, no that's at not least enough. in Malmo, he said. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Never Good. change. Never um, change. Back and, and quickly before uh, we go to correspondence, we've got to say that Alessandro Del Piero's gone to Sydney. Brilliant. He said, for the next two years, I am Australian. That's not how it works, and mm. I sincerely hope. Well, it's pretty method. Yeah, it's very, yeah. Didn't realise you had method footballers. But he's been <laughs> at the same club for ages, so we never had a chance to know, <laughs> did we? <laughs> More players should do that. They should adopt Didi the sort of Harman style. with his accent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think Liverpool should have moved heaven and earth for, for Del Piero. I really mm. do. Really? Yeah. Well, he he himself said he was really surprised when they came in for him. Oh, I wish they'd have got him. And then he could have been scout for the next couple of years. Yeah. That would have been fun. Delish. Noel Gallagher would have hated that. He would have done. <laughs> yeah, he would have. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why he didn't go. Yeah, put him off. Yeah, I bet he yeah. was. I bet, I bet Gallagher <laughs> threw him off. Um, well, uh, he went on to say, in uh, Del Piero, in Australia, I will be able to deepen my passion for rugby. Strange method. He's yeah, getting into it straight away. Do you not remember the Christ- Christian Vieira yacht? It was obviously half Australian. Yeah, that's he? great. He's massively into his cricket, isn't he? Yeah. I can remember reading, I remember seeing something on Gazzetta Football Italia way mm. back in the day um, where they would have a player on and they'd ask him their heroes and stuff. Mm. And um, I think they had like Viali on there and he said, um, oh, whatever, you know, Syria, whatever. Yeah, that yeah. is football. And they asked Vieira and he said, uh, Alan Border. <laughs> 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 Opening batsman for Australia. What, I, love I had no idea what at all. So Christian Vieri yeah. was on uh, one of the, oh, I forget what the name it was, old BBC programme. John Inverdale used to present. And um, he did, because English is, he grew up speaking English yeah. and Italian, but he speaks English like an Aussie. But yeah. as a football fan, you only know him playing in Serie A yeah. or yeah. one or two of the other leagues and uh, playing for the Italian national side. And to see the big man sitting back with an Aussie accent speaking yeah. English is yeah. just glorious. Yeah. Absolutely glorious. Before we, before we do that, sorry, um, one more Italian we've got to give you a little update on. It's, it's Pipo Inzaghi. He's taken charge of the Milan youth team. Great stuff. Indeed it is. And the first game of the season is coming up, and he said, I am calm and peaceful about this new experience. Mm. I have prepared for this by studying the opponents and picking the team that I thought was most useful. (laughs) A textbook textbook (laughs) approach. He's he's got to grips with this very quickly, isn't he? Imagine his training regimes. There's going to be ten men in the box. Um, just sort of just <laughs> yeah. waiting for rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> just a massive go and knock out yeah. Wembley. Exactly. It's all, all going to take place in one penalty yeah. area. With well. no offside. Yeah. No offside. <laughs> Absolute class. Right. I think oh, before you go on, I need, to, I need to give you, uh, you'll forgive me for this, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got to give you a big John Parkin update. Oh, Ooh. right. Well, absolutely. The beast. The running mm. order's out the window. In it's a, all um, on you. Yeah, there's no magn- running here. <laughs> in, magnificent, yeah, in a magnificent seaside derby yeah. at the weekend, Morecambe zero, Fleetwood Town four. Tell Ooh. me. Big John the Beast scored a hat trick and set, yeah. set the other one up as well. Nice. Oh, look at, he found his new level. Yeah, great stuff. Good to see. Yeah, mm. I'll take him at Pompey like that. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool, man. It's not going to happen. <laughs> we can't afford to pay him. Class. Right. Absolute class. Right, I think it's time for some correspondence. I think we've got emails this week. We're not doing tweets. Yeah. Just doing emails. Shall I do one first? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, this first one's from George Young, who is evidently a Scunthorpe fan. You can still find them. Yeah. He yeah. says, uh, a few seasons back, Ramblers, about 2005, Scunthorpe visited the Priestfield Stadium. A Gillingham's man on the mic was a roving reporter who was chatting to fans at both ends before the game. This oh, is obviously an, it's an, an announcer. Yeah, it's yeah. an announcement. Sorry. So far, so ordinary, he says. But then early <laughs> in the second half, the PA crackled into life and the following phrase was uttered. It doesn't matter how big your banana is. <laughs> 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 he says, seven years on, it's the only thing I can remember from the game. I have no idea if this is a regular comment in, Wed- in the Medway towns or if it involved a member of the youth team in the groundsman's shed. Yeah. Allegedly. I <laughs> certainly hope not, George. Yeah. Um, he said, there's only something this interesting could happen in the Scunthorpe game this season. We've got our fingers crossed for you, Mr. Young. Class. Jim. Yes. Uh, even all. Uh, oh, right, that's yeah. from the email, not from myself. Yeah. Uh, does anyone remember the Football League during its Ensley Insurance-sponsored phase holding pitch-side races to find the quickest player across the divisions in the early 90s? Yes. I seem to recall it fairly vividly. 
seem to recall it fairly, but, <laughs> but can find no record of it when searching the internet and have memories of the likes of Ken Charlery herring down the touchline against another speedster. The races, as I remember them, were held between two players at a time during the warm-up period before a game, with each team putting one player forward at the start of the season in a battle to find the quickest. Does anyone else recollect seeing this? Please reassure me that I'm not going completely mad. That's from Carl, uh, Kyle in Market Harbour. Yeah, I vaguely remember something along this line. That's superb. I, I think yeah. it, it may well have been. I don't think it was Enslay and Sean. I thought it was Coca-Cola, but I might be a bit wrong in terms of the timing on mm. that. But I certainly remember something like that, like that happening. And if anyone can shed any further light on that, I'd be interested. Do you think it. clubs stop doing it because players get injured in warm-ups doing stuff like that? And if you're exerting yourself like that or without having properly course, warmed up, yeah. you or could Or because get it's completely pointless. Yeah, utterly, <laughs> utterly needless. Yeah, yeah. I've been running races. I might not do it, Gaffer, because I've got to play a game in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> running races before mm. the game. Yeah, anyway, get your emails into show at thefootballramble.com. Uh, oh, talking of announcers, I was, I've been working at the Paralympics recently. You have. And uh, I've been v- working very closely to um, a chap called Pete, who's QPR's announcer. Good lad, is he? Good Mag- Magnificent man. Yeah. And uh, not one mistake in sight. He was slagging you off, so. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the mics was off. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's profile time. Mm. Woo! Mm. And, uh, oh, it's the man who is the most capped England player of all time. It's Peter Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it's Peter Leslie Shilton. Oh, Ooh, good stuff. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Indeed. Now, um, before we start, we've got to get the most important thing out of the way. He was born on the 18th of September 1949. Or oh, two days before my birthday, and 18 years before the summer of love. <laughs> now that one, mate. Well done. Yeah, Thanks. nice one, pal. Great stuff. Um, According to the FA, he has played 1,390 times for 11 clubs during his career. It's decent. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? Yeah. Pete hasn't even done that on computer games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Played well into his 40s, uh, and is England's most capped player of all time. Um, yeah, 125 England appearances in, in, a, in a 20-year career, um, and well, that tally would have been more if he if it wasn't for Ray Clements, you know. Mm. So, but we will come on to that. We will come on to that. Now, uh, at a young age, he was uh, playing schoolboy level with with Leicester City. Is from best Leicester. age to do it. Yeah, yeah. Get it out of the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a bit weird otherwise. Yeah. Isn't it? You don't want to be playing schoolboy at you know the tail end of your career. It shows it's not panned out. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Um, now uh, he uh, he represented Leicester schools as a goalkeeper in midfield and up front. Mm. Um, he said he liked playing up front the most, um, but clearly his uh, his talents were where um, in between the sticks. And uh, Shilton did say though that that experience of playing as a striker helped him playing as a goalkeeper. He said, "I learned how a centre forward thought, and when you play in goal, you have to read what the forwards are going to do." So it was all good experience. Yeah, I think you know we, we talked about this before about how in Holland they play a certain number of months in each different position as they're growing up. Mm. Gives them a bit of a sort of further understanding of how their colleagues are playing and that sort of thing. Mm. It makes perfect sense, really. Perfect sense. When he was young, he went on a trip with the boys' club to Hamburg, and uh, it's where that. Uh, whoops, oh, sorry, mate. That's all right. Um, it's where he got his first pair of proper goalkeeping gloves. Um, so obviously, back in the day, it was. Are we going to do it all in this much detail? Because this is going to take days. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to find out when he got his first socks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, oh, I skipped over that. Yeah, oh, a bit of a shame. Um, oh no, no matching socks. Um, <laughs> he said we used to have to buy gardening gloves and things like that to give us grip on the ball. Yeah, because I mean the goalkeepers obviously didn't wear gloves till a certain time. Yeah, well, yeah. that's right. Yeah, um, or spitting in your bare hands and then you're mm. away. You know. Mm. And he what, said, what difference does that really make? Yeah. yeah, you used to see it happen quite a lot. If you watch videos of back in the day before goalkeepers wore gloves, they yeah. always spit on their hands. Well, that's because it's to clean them. Well, 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 one of the guys I was working with on, on, on the Paralympics, he um, was Pat Jennings, number two at Arsenal for years. Right, and he just said that's what you do if you you know spit on your hands and you're away. <laughs> and if it was if it was a bit cold, you know, a little pair of woolen gloves. Mm. <laughs> just unbelievable, isn't it? Um, so Shilton those balls are made of concrete back then as well. That's true, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Shilton bought um, a pair of, uh, he said, leather-made gloves with pimples on, and they were fitted and everything. He was well pleased, and they cost a lot of money. But he got home there. He said, I tried them out in the dry, and they weren't too bad. The next day, I went out in the in the rain, and uh, the first shot came to me, and it went through my hands like a bar of soap. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like, oh, I cry out loud. 
So uh, he binned them straight yeah. after that. Um, in uh, 1966, uh, 16-year-old Shelton made his debut with Leicester City. Gordon Banks was first choice at the time at Leicester City. They don't even know those two on the mm. books. Incredible. And Shilton, of course, eventually took the number one shirt from Banks. Because mm. of Banks' eye injury, wasn't it? Well, Bank, I think yeah, I think Banks had moved on. Um, but yeah, Banks. Wasn't oh, sorry, the England. So the England thing. It was because of England thing. Wasn't yeah, Shilton yeah. quite cocky as well about about his own talent when he was quite young? Was, was he? Okay. Yeah, I, I thought he'd given like an ultimatum to the club or something like that. You play me or Gordon Banks when he was really, really young. Right. And they eventually, he actually did go with Shilton. Yeah, well, he. Um, that's how he got you on the round, would you, isn't it? You yeah, exactly. You play me, or well, that's it. Yeah. Well, to a chimpar. Well, him and Leicester City reached the FA Cup final when he was just 19, and he became one of the goalkeepers, uh, youngest goalkeepers ever. Have that, like Banks. Like, uh, <laughs> in the FA Cup, they lost, though. Bank. They lost. Did they? Have that. Um, and, the, and the same year, they were relegated. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a laughing matter. It's his profile. We don't want to laugh profile, his But they went back up to the top division soon mm-hmm. after, and yeah. he played a big. Part Did he get that. punched in the lay by? Shut up. <laughs> um, he scored a goal for Leicester when clearing the ball up the pitch against Southampton once. Against who? Southampton. Get in there. <laughs> 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 the only goal of his career yeah. as a goalkeeper. Empty um, seats. Yeah. yeah. Tragedy. That's yeah. true. Uh, he made his England debut under Alf Ramsey in 1970 against East Germany. And uh, his last appearance would be 20 years later in 1990. <sighs> Different class. Lovely Gordon Banks years. was number one. Um, and Schultz was number two when he first took over. That's uh, what first started, sorry. But as we said, Banks had the, the uh, car crash. And it, w- it was his eye, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, some sort of eye injury, which meant his perception was, was ruined, so he couldn't play anymore, which yeah. is a real shame. And throughout the 70s, Ray Clements and Peter Shilton would kind of battle it out. But it was often rotated, the number one jersey, between yeah, the two. It was a real problem, because it, you know, no one could make a decision on it. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's, it's so, so strange. So, such instability in that kind of position. It's ridiculous. It's so strange. And you think, he got 125 caps. How many more would he have had? Yeah. When he... I mean, they, I think they should have gone with Shilton, and, and Brian Clough certainly thought that because he said Shilton was head and shoulders above Clements and every aspect of goalkeeping. It was one of the biggest insults to Shilton to alternate between the two. Get on, alternate. Sorry, it should be. It's like alternate and rotate. Sorry, for get off the fence, Clough. <laughs> <laughs> I fell up with this, flip flopping around. Mm. But in 1974, he moved to Stoke City, and he was there for three years until he moved. To Nottingham Forest. Um, in 73, did he not... Um, <laughs> oh, he, that was a the mistake in quality. Yeah, was he not playing in the game where the famous Polish keeper kept England out? And he, he let did, a goal yeah. in, didn't he? Well, and they were lost 2 nil, I think. Well, I love that his time at Stoke City got as much attention as when he bought his first pair of gloves. <laughs> 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 well, OK, Jim, well, tell us. What, what did he get up to? Save some shots. Yeah, save some shots. Yeah, um, some goal kicks. Yep, um, <laughs> shouted at his defence, organised the back line, spat mm. in his hands. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, and so after that, he then went to Nottingham Forest under <coughs> Brian Clough. Yes. Clough. Easily the most successful period of Shilton's career. They won the first division in his first season, um, and many will remember that incredible save he made. Uh, yeah, never won the Premier League, though, did he? So. <laughs> That's true. Um, that incredible save on the last day of the season against Coventry. They drew nil-nil, and they needed that to clinch the title. That is that save where the ball's crossed over, and it, it's a very powerful header, like from about, I don't know, eight yards out yeah. or something like that. And Shilton's kind of... He's not in the centre of his goal, is he? He moves yeah. across and tips it over the bar. Yeah. It is different class. Yeah. Absolutely different class. Um, and uh, that, won the league. And in that year, he also won the PFA Player of the Year award, and he conceded... He let in 18 goals in 37 league appearances that season. Mm. I, I, is it, was that not a record? Quite possibly. Until, until Chelsea under Mourinho, and then because he was 15. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I might have made that up, but I'm okay. sure it was. I think it might it's be. impressive, nonetheless. Yeah, it's, I'm not taking anything away from the lad. Mm. 1979, Forrest won the European Cup, beating Malmo 1 0 in Munich. Yes, they did. And then they defended their crown the following season with a great performance from Big Schiltz against, against Hamburg. Hamburg. Yeah, in Madrid. So he kept two clean sheets in European Cup finals. Can't argue with that. You literally can't argue. <laughs> mm. He left Forest in '82 and he uh, joined Southampton. But during the '80s, he became England's number one um, goalkeeper with Bobby Robson at the helm. Robson loved Shilton, mm. absolutely mm. loved him. World Cup '82, World Cup '86 saw a lot of big Shilts, and of course, he was involved in a moment or two with Diego Maradona. Yes, he basically got out jumped by a five foot six Diego Maradona. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is which wasn't the great. Oh, I know, the hands, I know, yeah, but I know when I'm cheating. I understand that. But yeah, but Shilton didn't jump very high. Shilton still should have got weird. there. Yeah, he should have got there. But, but let's, let's not forget, Shilton can legally use his hands. Yeah, yeah. So he no won't way. have been expecting that. Well, no, Mar- I suppose no, but Maradona not. did. It was a 60-40 or something in Maradona's favour. It wasn't a 50-50. Shilton should have been quick off his line, in my view. Yeah. But he's never going to get the, he's never going to get hassle for that because of the way Maradona acted. So I understand that. Well, but had Maradona not cheated, he'd have got the ball. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Fair oh. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm. He was an excellent goalkeeper for England. Come on. No yeah, one. No one's saying he wasn't. No. Yeah, of course he was. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Except maybe Ray Clements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in 1989, he broke Bobby Moore's record of 108 England caps. Rude. And by this time, he was playing for Derby County. And then he went into the 1990 World Cup as England's number one at the age of 40. Clean sheets against Holland, Egypt and Belgium on the way to the semi-final. Yeah, he, he, he basically had a really good tournament to start with. He was so solid. And then he sort of was solid enough against Germany. West, West Germany, sorry. He didn't get anywhere near any of the penalties in, in the penalty shootout. There was talk that, that, that they should have brought Besnett on for the, um, for the penalty shootout. Mm. But back in those days, you couldn't pick any player from the squad. You had to name your reserve keeper. And... They'd, and, and Robson had already, already named the other keeper, so Bezel was Chris Woods, yeah. wasn't it? So Bezel wasn't eligible anyway, and mm. um, so he couldn't have come in. I wonder if that um, story's true. That sounds like it no, might it's be. not. It is. I've, I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it be repeated by a number of different people, uh, and it's also in um, Pete Davis's book as well, um, uh, which is excellent. Um, but also in the in the third place playoff, he was he was poor, which is a shame. It's a bit of a sh- his uh, last it's game. a sad way for him to go out of it because he, he gave away. Um, well, it wasn't given as a penalty, but Italy scored anyway. Yeah. Um, when he brought Baggio down the area, and then obviously he didn't um, didn't get anyone near Scalacci's penalty anyway. But a fantastic England career. Oh, but I, and, listen, uh, and he was he was so so. I mean, if you look at some of the stats that he has um, for England, and uh, well, I, th- I think that I was going to say because of my age, I, I only really got to know him as a goalkeeper from from mm. World Cup ninety onwards, mm. and he was decent enough, but he wasn't amazing, especially in the latter stages. So my my sort of opinion of him was a bit coloured for ages until I sort of went back and looked because he had an amazing career. Yeah, he was kind of yeah. He my, my very early memories of football involved Peter Shilton being this almost mythical figure, like yeah. this sort of like yeah. keeper of the gates, you know, like yeah. just you, <laughs> yeah. you could not get past. Mm. I mean, yeah, arguably the greatest. Goalkeeper England have ever produced. I mean, yeah, I, I know there's a few. I know there's between a few. him and Banks, isn't it? And maybe Paul Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Robinson was decent for a bit. He, he was, was decent for a bit. I'm not having you caning him. I'm not having you caning him. That's what you pick. You've caned Paul Robinson on this very show many yeah, a time. True, yeah. Not in the profile. <laughs> um, yeah, he um, he kept 65 clean sheets for England. In Can't believe you haven't mentioned his uh, year at Leighton Orient. Oh, he's coming to that. Oh, okay, sorry. Hellfire. He's only 40 at this stage. Oh, yeah. um, We've still got to get through his like first pair of like old man trousers. <laughs> you know, first. Part <laughs> 65 clean sheets for England yeah. and only conceded 80 goals in 125 matches yeah no it's amazing that's why he's in there but he was he, he was a fantastic goalkeeper all, all round a great shot stopper but solid big presence yeah, yeah that's right he did all the so organised his defence very well yeah so he finished playing for England of course after 1990 and uh, left Derby County in the early 90s and took up a player manager role at Plymouth Argyle and he was there for a few seasons and to be honest, he, he was quite successful. I mean, he he changed the team around when he joined. They were in um, they were the lowest scorers in all four divisions, uh, and in his in his second season, they finished third in the league, and they were the highest scorers in all four divisions. It's so. Not bad, is it? You don't see, hear that many goalkeepers becoming managers, so no. Yeah, that's true. He brought he brought in three players who scored sixty five goals between them. Apparently, um, unfortunately, they lost in the playoffs, um, and uh, they, they they obviously didn't go up and then he kind of fell out with the chairman he had some personal problems and whatnot, and he kind of fell away and he, and he was moved on from, from mm. his time at Plymouth and he kind of regrets that a bit because he kind of enjoyed management and mm. so on and so forth and then after that in Plymouth he realised that he'd, uh, he was only a few games off the uh, 1000 league games mark so he thought, oh, I've got to get over the lines. It's weird how people want to get to like an even number. Yeah, know. that's it, that's it. So, um, it's a big, it's a big um, landmark, isn't it? Yeah. A thousand, bloody hell. At 46, he joined Leighton Orient. Yeah. 46. Yeah. And he sat on a few benches of, of, some, of a few bigger clubs, actually, before that. But in 96, he joined Leighton Orient. And I... He, yeah, I think... He went through a little sort of like Gill from the Simpsons kind of face. Yeah. <laughs> Just sort of going around different clubs really hoping to get a game. Never trousers. Really like, needed it. Crisis, yeah. Right? Yeah. 
<laughs> with a motorbike. Yeah. Come on, for yeah. old shilts. <laughs> you kids Surely love I clean. can get a game. <laughs> you kids love clean sheets, don't you? <laughs> Um, I watched his 1,000th game yeah. for Leighton Orient. I can't remember who they played. The one he played 1,000 games for Leighton Orient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was on report. Like, yeah. That's a shame. He would have been about four games off 2,000. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But it's just, sometimes you just got to know when to quit, Jim. Mm. Um, I did see his 1,000th league game, which yeah. happened to be for Leighton Orient. Yeah. And they won 2 0, but it was, it was quality um, because uh, every time the ball came near the goal, he clearly wanted to clean, well, obviously wanted to clean. Sheet, but yeah. it would have been nice to get clean sheet on one, the 1,000th and every time the ball came near the goal and it's obviously a small stadium and the, and the Sky Sports cameras were there mm-hmm. they were picking up the sounds and every time the ball came near him away away <laughs> every time away get rid yeah, I'm so old <laughs> don't let this anywhere near me I'm going to do myself a mischief I should, I should not be here I should be here to be honest get rid of it I want to go to bed Oi, uh, 125 England caps. Yeah. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. Um, so uh, he retired from professional football, age 47. Yeah. That is an incredible achievement. Yeah, brilliant. It really is. He kept a clean sheet in the football league. It's Borage-esque. It is. It is. <laughs> um, he's now an after-dinner speaker, and he was even on Strictly Come Dancing. He was, I remember that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but we'll end with a quote from uh, Sir Bobby Robson. What can you say about Peter Shilton? Peter Shilton is Peter Shilton. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even finished. It's not even finished. And he has been Peter Peter Shilton since the year dot. (laughs) (laughs) And he comes into the team with that sort of... That's excellent, man. What a finish. <laughs> oh, Bobby. Oh, Peter's your favorite man. What, Bob? Oh, you got to love Bobby, haven't you? You can't, you Sir can't Bob. not. You can't not. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, for another football ramble. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you want to get in touch, the email address. <laughs> Is show at thefootballramble.com. The Twitter is at Football Ramble. And the website is thefootballramble.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all true. Loads of stuff going on. You know the drills. Get involved. Oh, don't forget, by the way, you should go to uh, footballramble.com forward slash love film because you can get a free month's trial mm. um, with no obligation. It's a good deal. You heard about it at the top of the show. Um, and also, you'll be given to do us a favour too. So and there's a great a article be- um, on the road. There's loads of great articles, but there's one piece... That, that uh, really struck a call with me because Clint Dempsey's been given the number two jersey at Spurs. Oh, yeah, mm. Odd. Very, very weird. On numbers that players wear and how wrong it is at the yeah. moment. That's quite interesting, actually, yeah. Mm. And that's by um, Max, Max Greve. Max Greve, yeah. 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 So, so have a, definitely Bloody have good a rep. Bloody mm. good rep. Jim? Got a little plug all for myself as well. I'm doing a uh, showcase of my, show, my Edinburgh show in London at the Soho Theatre, um, which is on the 25th of September. So if you want to come along, uh, I'll be doing half an hour and there'll be some um, great new acts as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's Soho Theatre. Go to their website you can get tickets for that 25th of September booyah that's it say goodbye Luke goodbye say goodbye Jim goodbye and it's goodbye from me we've been the football ramble since year dot This is from George Young. Hey, George. And his email address is Mr. You can't do that. What? You can't put his email address <laughs> on the fucking show. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> My email address is on the internet. No, you can't do that. Oh, fair enough. Come on. <laughs> I'm used to giving everyone my email. I thought we were going to get all the way through. Sorry, boys. No that's, worries. That's a genuine mistake. Give, a, give his phone number out, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't got it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.